0: It's hard to believe that the first National Family Retreat here in Oklahoma is coming to a close. But the Lord has richly blessed our hearts. Amen. And I know from talking to many of you that it's been a blessing. So it's the last message, doesn't end the activities, but for this last message. We want to remind each other that it doesn't end here. We take it home with us. Now, I can tell you that the devil would like to see it be different than that. He would actually like to have it end when you're packing your vehicles today. Could you imagine how that could happen? Of course you can. Something doesn't go right and the devil would just love it if somebody in the family or if somebody's in the family would just get all upset and frustrated and angry. And then on the way home, somebody would say, I told you this doesn't work for us. I'm never going to be a real Christian. We got to quit going to these things. It Gets me all excited. And that's what the devil wants to have happen. And then there's the letdown. And, and then he beats us up. And it doesn't have to be that way, right? And if something happens as something in, is inevitable to happen, we don't have to give up. We can get up and keep going forward. The road back home to heaven is the only one that's really going to matter. And the broad road, the road that leads in every other direction never brings satisfaction. Have you learned that? Even the little ones are learning that. And so this morning we're gonna be sharing together, not just us, but we've got um, helpers. some great helpers that, that are gonna be with us. But before we, we share together with, with these families that, that are gonna be helping us, just want to remind you of a story in the Bible because I love the way God encourages us. The disciples have just spent a terrifying night on the lake and they've seen the power of God working through Jesus when he calms the sea and the storm subsides and he says, oh, ye of little faith. And by the end of that little talk, They're just so encouraged. Is that good news? Yes, their faith was pretty little. And now they're encouraged and they're saying the same kind of things that we do. It's like, how could I ever doubt the Lord? How could I become discouraged over something like this? And then they end up on the shores of Gennesaret. And they see these two Wild men coming out. Just try to picture this. They've got chains hanging off them. They're foaming at the mouth. Their hair is long and matted. They've got long fingernails and they're wild. And what do the disciples do? They just, they're out of here. The adrenaline is pumping. And... You can imagine them puffing, puffing, puffing out of breath when they finally reach the boats. They're ready to get out of here. And where's Jesus? Standing right where they left him. And I said to to Elaine this morning as we were talking together, that's significant. They left him. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, but what we often do is we run. <laughs> and so there's Jesus with these two wild men. And the good news is that even though after Jesus casts out their demons and after the people of that area of Decapolis cast out Jesus, because they don't want this, this, these superstitious people don't want somebody around that's going to cause them to lose all their pigs and, and their fortunes. Their livelihoods are, are going. So the demons have been cast out. Jesus has been cast out. But there are two men. And they took it home, brothers and sisters. They took it home. Jesus invited them while they were yearning to stay with him, the one who had made them whole. He said, take it home. And one year later, inspiration tells us, just sends chills down my spine. One year later, Jesus is invited back. And there are thousands of people, thousands of people from the entire region. Doesn't that just thrill your soul? Because these two men took the gospel back to their homes and showed the people, not just talked, showed the people what great things this man has done for us. Can we do that? (laughs) Certainly, no differently than they did under the inspiration and the power of God. But we can take this home with us.
1: But the only way that's going to work, I think that's on. Hello. No, it's not on there. Okay. It's on. Okay. Hello. There's no lights on it. I don't know if that means anything. I'm not techy, but usually there's lights on. Hello? Hello?
0: Okay. How are we doing here, Michael? See, I knew it's supposed to have a light. Oh, I was dead. Me. Okay, here, oh, talk right. to me. Oh, okay. you. You're talking to my chest here.
1: Oh, that would be easy. <laughs> now I forgot my thought. Oh. We have that choice we can make. And I know for years, many of you who've been in here in the past, you've heard us talk about, Tom and Elaine, Paul and Carolyn, others who you've experienced here at family retreats, you've heard us talk about this just isn't for you, it's for us as well. Amen. We are encouraged when we hear these things over and over and over again. And we have the, the blessed privilege of being able to hear it eight times over or say it eight times over. But every time we say it, it's a little bit different. So for those of you who are here from other family retreats or those of you welcome you for live streaming, but if you may have come from other family retreats, and we don't want this to be a substitute from where you come from, but we want because you know we'll have new and fresh things to share there, some of the things will be the same, but take it home where you are. And we, we open and this is our theme this year, his, in his steps, and it's found in First Peter, chapter 2 and verse 21.
0: "For even hereunto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. He has shown the way. He has lived the way. He has led the way. And all he asks of us is, follow me. Is that too much? Sometimes it seems like it's too much because what he asks us to do, but it's not too much. And where he's asking us to go and what he's asking us to do, I hope each one of us is learning. Because I haven't learned it yet completely either. (laughs) That we are learning that the way he leads, while it may be difficult at times, is always the best, the happiest, the peaceful, the restful, the joyful way to travel. Let's follow in his steps.
1: And in that process, he's the one who led us here and he's the one who's going to be taking us home. We can follow him Mm -hmm. wherever we're going, whether you're flying home today, whether you're driving home today, whether you're going to a friend's house today, whatever it is, he wants us to follow him and be with him in that process. Because as my husband said, like our biblical example with the demoniacs, they did not... Just say, oh, this is nice. I am, I am free now. They were so excited for what God had done in their lives, in their hearts, to totally transform them. And I can tell you that there's not one person who's been here either through the live stream or through, he's sitting in one of these chairs this entire weekend that are in worse condition than they were. And that's why that story is so powerful, because sometimes we narrow it down, oh, poor me, and what about me, and my circumstances are so hard, and nobody's had to go through this like the way I've had to go through it. We have examples that far outweigh our self-pity. And God, through that experience, Christ willing to stand there and not be afraid when they are running toward him. And if we read inspiration, she says they they are intent on attacking them. And he has no fear, because he's in the will of his fathers. He's in the footprints of his father, and we need to be in the footprints of Christ. And we can have no fears, no matter how big the issues may seem.
0: All right, it's time for us to have our helpers, our family, Isa, come on up. And they all said they're willing to participate, right?
1: What we thought we would do this year is not just, you know, try to encourage you with a, a, a closing message to take it home, but we wanted, to, and this is not pre-planned. We came to this retreat prayerfully, asking God to cross our paths with with individuals, our families, our couples, who they could share something to encourage you, so that you know it's not just the speakers who are trying to encourage you, but there's people that are just like you, that came just to be, you know, participating and hearing and whatever, to whatever capacity, and they want to encourage you today to be faithful in taking
0: it home. So, how many retreats have you folks been to? Let's go, let's go over to the side so we're not blocking them.
2: I think we've been to maybe five
0: or six. Okay, kind of a few different ones.
2: All over the country, yes. Yes, Indiana. all over the country. Yes, Indiana, Colorado, and
0: California. So, is it fun, kind of going to different ones?
3: It is. It's wonderful. It's a, It's a neat, Each one. Each uh, uh, retreat has its own uh, unique qualities to it, and we, of course, you meet different people at each, at each retreat.
0: So, what kind of impact would you say? Because you've gone to lots of other meetings. We've all gone to lots of other meetings. What's different? about family retreat that's impacted your family?
3: Well, I guess I'll start out by saying it's a privilege and it's an honor to be up here. And I'm just going to get this out there. I'm extremely nervous right now. I, so
0: are we.
4: So, <laughs> we understand.
3: I, it's not about me, but about us. I just have to say, maybe it'll make me calm down, but I've been in, I'm a physician. I've been in very stressful ER situations, and in the ER, I see people that they have their life on the balance, and I'm like, why am I so nervous up here? Well, <laughs> that's to give you a little flavor. I think everyone out there should have a little opportunity to spend some time up here like this, because this is so out of my comfort zone. But that being said, that being said, the... The Holy Spirit convicted me a few days ago to, to just prompt just prompted me. I used to say my gut, but I'm a Christian. My Christian brother said, Ramon, are you a Christian? He said, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not your gut. If you're a Christian, God was telling you something. I, I didn't know what I was going to say, but I stopped Brother Tom, and I felt convicted. You, when you were giving your, your sermon, when you were giving your speech, I felt like you were talking directly to me, even though there's 700 people out there. And when I heard the words, I knew it was God through you saying, daily, Ramon, daily. The word I want you to hear is daily. And see, that's what I wasn't getting before. I've been to retreats before, and I feel like I and my wife, we're doing the right things, and I'm connecting with my wife, but I wasn't doing it daily. I'll work with my schedule, sometimes 15 hours plus a day. I'll do it three, four days in a row, sometimes six days in a week. And when I used to work, I say used to because now when I'm going home, I'm doing something different. Amen. Thanks to, to Brother Tom and Elaine and giving their talk. I'm looking at this different.
0: Thanks to the Lord, but yes, that, that's right.
3: Mm-hmm. Through you and through all the people here, the conviction that I have that I now am going to bring home. We're going to ha- take an actionable, uh, a tangible uh, uh, take-home messages, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, no matter how long, I, how long I'm working, or how, how many days I'm away from home, I'm going to reconnect, and I'm going to connect daily with my wife. Amen. And I think that's going to be a huge, a huge thing that will grow and blossom into things that we don't even uh, realize.
0: Praise the Lord. Celeste, did you want to, would that make you happy?
2: Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, a very usual experience to, even just before we came to family uh, retreat, that um, we didn't see him for th- three day- the three days prior to when we left. Um, he ended up flying out, so we all left, and he worked the three days before that. He did have one day off, uh, which they stuck him with meetings all day long. I think he had about a half hour that we got together and, and actually saw each other face-to-face, mm. and, uh, and then the three days before that day off, um, he worked, so we didn't see him at all, and probably face-to-face, uh, maybe half an hour in the morning or something. I mean, very, very small amount of time. Um, so yeah, that would be wonderful <laughs> if we could actually uh, connect a little bit. Um, but I think some of the things that I've learned this, this retreat in particular is, um, you know, having that time to really connect with him and, and also be praying for him um, before he goes off to work. Um, we've um, done our family worship together when he's not there. And, you know, we, we pray for him to, I, I usually pray for him to be able to come home quickly, <laughs> and not have to stay too long at work, but um, I don't usually pray for him in the morning before he leaves and, you know, being intentional about, you know, helping him through his day from the beginning, not just the end, her, get finish, come home. <laughs> um, and, uh, and also, sometimes when we when he is home and you know we're trying to spend as much time together as a family as as much as we can um to actually still take that time for for family worship even if the hour gets late for bedtime and we want to hurry hurry go go to bed and but we still need to take that time together as a family and have family worship even if there's five ten minutes
1: so these are things that you've talked about since you've been here as a covester and wife and as a family, and you're going to be taking it home and implementing it with, with more earnestness, more seriousness, and more faithfulness, right? That's right. Yeah. So how does that, uh, what does that do for you children? I'm going to start with Chloe.
2: Um, I think it would be wonderful if we had family worship every single day. That would be awesome. And
0: um Isn't that beautiful? Here's a young person Amen. saying, I think it would be awesome to have family worship every day. Amen. What do you think, children? What do you think, parents? Amen. All right.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think it would be good to, like, gather together for, like, the day so then we could, like, have more, like, time together and not be, like, splitting up and doing our own thing the whole day. Good. And, and this is Joshua, right? Yeah. And you're 11 now?
1: Mm-hmm. And Chloe is 13? And then let's see. Anything special, Josh? What you like about family retreat?
4: Yeah, like, um, like there's things that we have to be aware of. That like sometimes they're in our everyday life, and we we need to like listen to what God wants to God God wants us to do. So like things could be like danger to us, but sometimes we don't even realize it. Okay, and it's
1: Caden next, right? Yes. Caden, can you tell everybody how old you are? I know how old you are, but they don't. I'm nine. He's nine. And so what would you like to share? Something you like about Family Retreat or something you want to do since you've been to Family Retreat when you get home?
4: I just want to do family worship every day at home.
0: Amen.
1: Amen. Okay, next we have Seth. Do I have that right, Seth? And you are, tell him how old you are. Eight. Okay. What would you like to share?
4: Um, I really liked um, the sermon that um, Mr. Ritzma um, preached on Media on the Brain.
0: Amen. Amen.
4: Eight years old. He's got the title.
1: They're listening, even if they're wiggling and coloring and doing everything else. They probably hear more than we do when we're like this, trying to tune in. Because we're distracted because of their wiggling, and we're thinking, shh, quiet, you know. Okay, I'm, I've been a mommy. I know how that works.
0: But you probably don't wiggle, right? None of you ever wiggle? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, anything else you want to share, Kaden? I mean, Seth? No. Okay. Thank you. All right. Here on the end, we have... I've, Drew. How old are you, Drew? Six. Are you sure? (laughs) Today is Drew's birthday. Happy birthday. Let's all say, happy birthday, Drew. One, two, three. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Drew. Drew. (laughs) So you're seven
0: today. What a great way to celebrate your birthday. So, So, Drew... I don't think you're ever gonna have a birthday again where you have <laughs> 600 people say happy birthday at the same time. <laughs> That's pretty exciting, isn't it? So, okay. tell us what, you, what do you think about family retreat?
4: I like family freeze tag.
0: Excellent.
4: I was hoping someone was gonna say that.
1: I'm glad we weren't disappointed. <laughs> because that that recreation is just as important as just sitting. We need to move, we need to exercise, we need to have fun with our young people, and it gives us a good opportunity to teach them sportsmanship and, and companionship and compassion for those who can't run as fast. You don't have to be full out. You can run a little slower to make it fun for somebody to touch you. All those kind of things we can play together and learn in that activity. Anything else, Drew? No? Okay. Anything else from any of you that you'd like to share?
2: Um, I think that it's everything that people share here at Family Retreat, it's very practical, and you can, um, and the people that share it ex- know exactly that you can do it through the power of Jesus Christ, and everything will turn out fine if, if you um, do everything that they say.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Mom and Dad,
3: do you want to say anything else? I do want to say one more thing while I have the opportunity. Mic up a little bit. I want to thank everybody who participated in making this event possible for us to all enjoy this event. Um, It really touches uh, our hearts in more ways than you know and in more ways than we even know really at this time. And I just want to thank, thank you. I know it t- takes a lot of effort and a lot of work to throw something like this and to have it run so smoothly. And we really we, we really appreciate that as a family, to have something like this where we can meet fellow Christians and believers and like-minded people to encourage each other along the way. Thank you very much.
0: Amen. 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 Thank, you. thank you.
1: You can pass them the mics. Thank you so much. Thank and you I for just, coming up. I just want to say that it, there, it's inspirational because Celeste is homeschooling five children, and she sees her husband very minimally. Three to four days a week, he's basically gone. That's a lot to do, and she's still smiling. Isn't that powerful? And they're going home, and they're gonna be taking simple things home. This is nothing major, but it's a sensitivity to the spirit. It's the little things that they can begin to do. A consistency in family worship and with Dad, He is going to be more intentional to daily communicate with his family when he has those never-ending days in the ER. So it doesn't matter how pushed or pressured we are, we can take a few moments out and really connect with God and with one another. And that was very encouraging, I know, to Celeste when when he said that. And it's from his heart. I know when he shared it with us, it was from his heart. And we said, would you be willing to share that with the other people who are here? And uh, they were quite willing, and we are very appreciative. So thank you very much to the Isa family. And they're, by the way, from California. Yes. So we will see you in June at California Family Retreat.
0: OK. <laughs> Andrew. All right. Thank you for being willing to come up. Okay. Your family decided that you'd just be the representative today?
5: Often they decide that, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We we had a conversation back in the green room about a conversation that Elaine and I had last night. We used to have little stools for Hannah and Caleb to stand on when they were little, and I asked my wife, do you think we need those when we talk to these? Everybody's tall on this this particular interview, and uh, anyway, so we look up to you. (laughs) My wife said, we're going to look like dwarfs up there. (laughs) Just
5: telling us the way television works.
1: (laughs) But the problem was, I said that to him at midnight last night, just after we had, that's how late we got to bed, and just after we had our prayers, and we were both so exhausted. And I laid my head on the pillow, and I was already processing today, and I'm thinking, wow, the Issa family, and Andrew Baker, and Zachary... Zachary. I said, "Zachary, we we're, we're going to look like midgets up there." <laughs> and then we broke out laughing. So, sorry to our two next-door neighbors who wondered what all the ruckus was in our room yes, because tall, I could not stop laughing. I was laughing so hard my husband said, "Shh, they're going to think I'm abusing you in here."
0: <laughs> I said, "She she couldn't control it." And I said, "Just put your face in the pillow." <laughs> she tried that, and she said, "I can't breathe." <laughs>
1: Don't you love the way guys fix things, right? (laughs) Because the more he tried to fix it, the funnier it got. Anyway, after I got done with a 20-minute endorphin-energizing, hearty, hysterical laugh, I could not go to sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, I am rested this morning. The Lord must have knew I needed all those extra endorphins running for today.
0: All right. (laughs) So here we
1: are. Now we're done with discussing how tall, how short we are, not how tall you are.
0: (laughs) So how tall are you, by the way? Six, five and a half. Okay. A little taller in the morning, a little shorter in the evening. Yes. That's right. Okay. All right. So tell us, how many retreats have you been to, Andrew?
5: Five Northeast or New Jersey slash Northeast retreats, one in Virginia, and now this one.
0: Okay. So you're getting some diversity too.
5: Yes. The children are intent upon that
1: <laughs> Amen. so so am i in in uh, understanding that maybe they were motivational you coming all the way from the north or the the far east over here the and far east u.s i should say anyone
5: who knows me knows i don't really like to drive that long so okay. they were instrumental it basically because of um pre-conference it was all this excitement and so, how do you say to your kids, no, 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 I don't want you to do any evangelism. We'll just. Right. <laughs> so, I, did, I didn't say that when we were here. Very
0: good. So, tell us what's on your heart.
5: Uh, a number of things on my heart. Um, you have a specific question or you want me to wax eloquent? Wax eloquent? Yeah. Okay. Um, a number of things on my heart. Uh, we've been to a number of family retreats, different environments, different people. Um, it's always a blessing because. Uh, Sometimes you do feel, if you're in a regular Seventh-day Adventist church, that are you sure you're doing the right thing? Because there are a lot of people not doing it. Right.
0: Kind of right. question sometimes. So
5: yeah, you have those, those wonders. And then, of course, when you're looking at what you're supposed to be doing, it isn't always working. So then, you, I mean, if, if everything we did and we read, okay, child guidance says this, I do that, and I get this result instantly, then you'd be like, well, I don't care what anyone else is doing because it's working. Right. But then sometimes you're like, mm, I'm not sure. Right? And um, so coming out here and hearing other people and hearing you guys be willing to um, be vulnerable with your experiences it's comforting, not because we think, well, no one's getting it right, so ha, but because you realize everyone is trying, and there's, um, and there's intent, and, and we are seeing success, right? You, on, on a whole, you look around, you look at the children that are there, there's a lot more respect, Amen. right? There, there are children that are helpful. I'm watching the young folks here who are managing in the back, and I saw a, a little lad going, and he's like, guys, Two minutes late you know i know. thinking okay he's you know he's on time he's looking at this whole thing and everything's supposed to be working so you, you see that there's more responsibility I even saw it in my little pre conference lad who you know is like oh I gotta I, guys I have to go because I'm like you don't do this at home <laughs> like is this gonna wear off or do I have to send you to pre conference every other week so um, you know there, there are some blessings there and what I would say is For us, two things. Um, As you go back, right, as the freshness of the meetings and stuff wears off and you get caught up in whatever you get caught up in and you feel a little bit discouraged or things start to go south, remember that sanctification is a process and everything else associated with the process. Remember that we are in the throes of the great controversy. So it's not like... um, it's not like we're just doing it, we're following a script, it's like a recipe, okay? I'm reading it, I put all the stuff in, I should get what I get. Imagine that you're following a recipe and someone is actively trying to sabotage your, your meal, yeah. right? Very
0: good illustration.
5: So there's extra stuff going on that we have to remember that is to distract us, to attack us, to undermine us because you know the devil has come down with great wrath knowing he has a short time. So those are the things you have to remember that um, these things are going to be opposing us if we aren't on our guard. Mm. Um, and and lastly, you know, the trick for me personally, one of the things I really really liked about this year's message is because we've heard these messages, and I grew up in the Adventist Church, so I'm not. It's not completely foreign to me. Mm. Not that we were doing all of those things, right. and not that they were emphasized at church. But the thing that that stands out to me is we often get caught. Um, trying to make it happen, right? You look at all the list of stuff, and you do those stuff. I haven't killed anyone today. I didn't steal anything, you know, so I'm I'm going down the list, and I'm doing pretty good. The 10th commandment we have some trouble with, first through four, can give us some stress. Um, I had a friend ask on Facebook last night, we always talk about righteousness by faith, but we seem to be emphasizing a brand of righteousness by words. Mm. And I think that that's true. I think that largely we get stuck thinking about how to make this stuff happen. And we don't think about how to let God make it happen. Amen. Mm. And so your messages this year, well, the messages from pretty much everyone who came up, was about letting God make it happen, Amen. and mm. stop fighting him, and stop trying to do it ahead of him, and you know in his steps, not ahead of him, not on the side of him, not somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So for me, that, that's a good emphasis because it's not about me making it happen. Although, I have to be intentional, right? I can't, Absolutely. he's not gonna make it happen if I don't think about it or don't wanna do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I have to be intentional. I have to want it, that, the will, that's my part, but he's going to. So anything,
0: uh, this isn't on the scripts, so. Anyway. We, we had a script? <laughs> we had a general outline, which uh, we didn't go by. So okay. anyway, one question for you as a, as a man, mm-hmm. as a dad, and as a husband. Anything in any of those categories that you're taking home with you specific for your focus?
5: Intentional. Okay. Right? That, that word stands out for me because there are a lot of things I know, and there are a lot of things I sometimes do or think about Wistfully, um, but I am not always as intentional about pursuing them. Easily distracted from them, and so for me, in all of those categories, it's about being intentional about um, addre- how I address my wife,
0: mm-hmm.
5: how I interact with my spouse, how I deal with my children. Intentional, you know, because if you if you come at it haphazardly, it's not going to be successful, right? So, Spasmodically, as just what I would say.
0: Tell the people what you do for a living.
5: I'm a technologist. I manage computer networks and I do information security. Um, so I, I make computers run properly.
0: I'll tell you why, one of the reasons I ask you to tell them, mm-hmm. that information security. Yes. I mean, we've had some private conversations at another retreat. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it applies to the security of how you've protected your family or seeking to protect.
5: Well, yes, so the social media thing, it was really, really cool to hear you guys say, to talk about it, you spoke about it this year, and you and I have talked about some stuff as well in the past, and, uh, and then Scott came. Yeah, he did it, didn't he? Oh, came came right behind with that sledgehammer and just nailed everything in. And because because it's true, let me tell you, I'm in technology, I'm not afraid of technology, I have technology everywhere, I've got computers all over the place. But there are certain things I'm very, very careful with because I see how it gets used, I understand, um, especially from an information security standpoint. Um, Basically, if I came across any of you in this room and saw your name tag, I could go home or back to the, the, the tent or whatever and find out a lot of things about you inside of a half hour, just by knowing what your name was and which state you were in, just to narrow you down from five or six other people that might have a similar name. Uh, it's way too easy. And we are giving that stuff away, right? They're not taking it from us, they're not coercing us, we're giving it away. And, and so I'm trying to be very, and you talk about intentional, I'm being very intentional in how I manage uh, social media and so forth and so on. I'm happy my daughter, who's not here, um, but she has decided not to get a Facebook account. Is that right? She chose not to get one, which okay. was good, because I wasn't really aiming to get her one, but <laughs> it made it easier when she said, you know, I don't want to do that. Um, she has a regular phone. She does not have a smartphone. How purpose. old is your daughter? 20. Right? And she made that choice a few years ago, and she's, she's largely stuck by it. Um, be at Parents... The word devices is in the, is in the servant of the Lord's writing, um, and it did not mean what it, meant, what it means now, but God knows what he's doing because the gospel is the everlasting gospel. Mm-hmm. Do not take for granted the responsibility you have to monitor the, so, the, the technology use of no. your young people. Amen. It's not limited to social media, even though that's a huge avenue. Mm-hmm.
1: So, how many other children do you have?
5: I have two boys in addition to that, so three children total. I have two boys, Michael and uh, Christian, who were up here for a song service uh, yesterday.
1: And you have a new little one? Well,
5: <clears throat> the new little one, um, we, we we temporarily had the new little one. We're still uh, manager by remote control. Okay. Um, but we did. For a time, we had, at the last camp, we, we were met directly managing another little one who whom we're trying to influence positively. And okay. I,
1: and are, I see, let me think, I saw, there they are. Would yeah. you guys mind just standing so they can see who the rest of the family is? Thank you very much, Hundell. And Since
0: you didn't want to come up here and say anything, it's nice that you can stand. <laughs>
1: So thank Thank you you for making the very long journey down here and thank you young people for being intentional, that's your dad's take-home word, intentional about wanting to be a part of this. And we will look forward to seeing you in Northeast in less than two months.
0: All right, thank you, Thank you and God bless. Thank you so much. Zachary, thank you for being willing to come up here.
6: Thank
0: you. So how old are you, Zachary? I'm 22. 22, keep it up there close. Can you tell tell us what what you do?
6: So right now I am finishing up my last semester of college at the University of Oklahoma and studying computer science. Okay. And I am working at a small software company where we make an educational online platform. So teach classes online, basically. But I'm programming for them. So
0: So do you remember how many family retreats you've been to since you were a lot littler (laughs) than you are now?
6: (laughs) Yeah, this is my 12th retreat here in Oklahoma, and then I was also at two retreats in Indiana. Okay. okay. So this is officially now past the halfway mark. I've been going to family retreats for over half my life now.
1: Isn't that amazing? Isn't that More than half his life, he has come to family retreats. Back in the day, it was family camp meeting, then family camp, now family retreat. And, and you came on your own this year.
6: I did, um, my family, was they had other things come up, and it wasn't nearly as important to them to come as it was to me. Um, although, they, as many of you know, um, my family always used to come. So.
0: Right. So that was meaningful to us, personally. The fact that you wanted to be here. It wasn't mom and dad dragging you. Of course, most of the time, we've come to understand it's the children dragging mom and dad <laughs> to family retreats. And it,
6: and it has been that in our case before, too.
0: So the fact that you wanted to be here, what... What motivated you to want to be here again? So,
6: having grown up in this subculture, as you might say, of family camps, um, I have really tried to, be, to make a commitment to God of my, a personal commitment that wasn't just based on my family. And mm-hmm. I'm not claiming to always be successful in that, but I have that commitment, and I, and I feel like... <clears throat> My family in recent years has made some different choices than I have. And I want to be faithful to the commitment that I've made to God because it's, it's ultimately, it's my life, it's eternity. I'm not going to let choices that my family makes differently than me. I want to be faithful to God because in the end, that is what counts. And I can, by God's grace, I will be able to be an influence on my family as well. And, and so family retreat has... Is really a way for me as a young person to stay connected to other young people, to um, other, par- you know, godly parents who I'm friends with. Um, in the youth breakout sessions that we've been having early in the morning, a, re- a repeating theme that's come up has been accountability to godly mentors. And there are many of those here, and I've been very blessed. Um, Several families that I know quite well, I am privileged to live fairly close to the Silers. I see them a lot. And other families who, who are here, people that I get to um, bounce ideas off of to be influenced by. It's a conscious choice. And, I, and so in addition to the inspiration of the messages here, there's, there's an element of just the networking among... Like minded believers. And Amen. as a young person going to a secular school, trying to be faithful to God, that's very important to me.
1: Amen. Thank that you. is powerful. And I think what I'm hearing you say, Zachary, is that we are a family. Mm. We don't have to come with a spouse or a child or a parent. We are all individually members of a family an earthly family and a heavenly family. Mm. And so we need the fellowship. You know, we're. we're Commission not to forsake the gathering ourselves together, and this is an opportunity that young people and all of us have to have an assembly of fellowship where we're all striving for the same
0: thing. Amen. I wanted to, one of the things I picked up on what Zachary said that really touches me is you hear or I hear the earnestness that I don't even want to let the choices that my family makes to take me away from my commitment. Amen. The family should be the strongest peer pressure of any earthly relationship. And it should be a positive peer pressure. He's saying that even in that environment, if that is not positive, he is committed. And and I, I praise God for that. And I just want to encourage the young people because it is a tough world we live in with everything in our face to, to not be pressured to compromise with the peer peer pressure happens in all different ways and so that was that was what I really keyed into and it's not just for young people although young people are in a peculiarly difficult situation in these times that we live in it's for all of us To not be willing to to let whoever, whatever influences cause us to move away from our
6: commitment to God. And I just want to add to that, um, to all you parents out there who are striving to follow God, um, yes, my family in recent years has not made some of the same choices that I've tried to make. But they did, for many years, we did all come together. They did give me a gift of a solid foundation. Amen. Amen. And so so even today, as they've made some different choices and gone somewhat of a different path in life, um, the foundation that they gave me is still there. And so that has really, you know... It's not just so much the intellectual knowledge of, yes, we're supposed to conduct ourselves this way or live this type of lifestyle or live in a country or whatever. Um, but the foundation they gave me of... of the values that they taught me, the importance of surrender to God, Amen. even if they themselves at this point are no longer following the exact same path, and I pray that God will lead them back to it, Amen. but even... Th- even despite that, the, f- the gifts that they gave me um, is priceless. And I will never be able to thank them enough for that.
1: Amen. That, that really is very, very powerful. So it's, it's for us as parents, and I want to take that one step further. Because sometimes, and, and this often happens between a husband and wife, when one isn't making choices that you've agreed to or talked about making, And if one starts to go off, a husband or a wife, so often that becomes the excuse for the other spouse to do the same. Because my husband isn't, I can't do it by myself. We have a double influence in the home. It doesn't matter, it's already lost. And that is not true, and I really appreciate Mm -hmm. your testimony, Zachary, because each of us individually, and that's what he's emphasizing, we each individually have the choice to make to, to follow God in his steps. It's an individual choice. It's an individual choice for our children. it's true that we have to train our children and motivate our children and help our children. And the easiest way to do is more than just our words, but it's by us being the living example in the home. And as they see us make those choices against what we would naturally want to do, or we would naturally want to say or how we would naturally want to react, which our children are very well, uh, they very underst- know that that's how we can be. When they see us making those choices, it will help them to make the choices against their flesh. The choice to surrender Mm -hmm. our hearts and to follow God. So that was a very powerful testimony, as actually all of them have been. Haven't they been? Amen. Powerful testimony. So, what are you actually taking away? Anything particular?
6: So, two things in particular that I like to share that have been particularly impressed on my mind this camp, this retreat. Um, The first, I would say, is prayer. It all comes down to my relationship with God, and the essence of relationship is communication. Prayer is our communi- prayer is our route of communication with God, and so as a you know a college student, things can get fairly busy, um, and that's the that's leads to the second part is protecting that time for prayer. Um, you know. Classes get busy, and honestly, my devotional time is hard to protect, but I've, and I've often fallen short in that regard. And yet, and so God has really called to my heart this camp meeting that I need to make that more of a priority in my life. I know. Um, because that is, where, that is where our true strength comes from. And I can go, you know, I can say, all right, well, I'm not going to listen to the same music that my classmates listen to or dress the same way or, you know, go to the same activities or whatever. And I can do all that in my own flesh, but without a true relationship with God, then it's all just me following a set of rules. And that's... That may be better than going out into the world and sowing wild oats, but it is not... It is not anywhere close to the ideal that God has for us, the life that he wants us to live. Actually, that wasn't the second thing. Um, The second thing that... hit.
0: But beautifully said.
6: Yes. <laughs> the, the second thing is about the social media. Um, I'm not on Facebook, but I am on Instagram, Google Plus, and a couple of other things. And um, so I mentioned before, I'm in, I'm also, I also work with computers quite extensively. And so the temptation to always be connected um, is quite strong. Um, I contact my family via text message all the time. And that's, that's maybe a good thing, but I, I can very, very easily find myself spending too much time on social media. And so God has really been putting on my heart, not just at this camp meeting, but also in the past couple months that I need to really control that time because I feel like I always want to be connected to my friends, but shouldn't I always be connected to God? And then friends come secondary to that. Mm. Um, and so then hearing the messages about social media and distraction at this camp meeting has I believe that God is leading me to make a commitment to um, restrict that time to so it doesn't so I control the amount of social media that I consume or use not it controlling me. Amen. And through God's grace of course I can.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much Zachary. God bless you and we'll continue to pray. And we're delighted to see you here again. Thank you. So we opened with First Peter, and we're looking at chapter two and verse twenty one. For even hereunto were ye called. Just from reading that at the beginning to reading that now, is it a little clearer what we've been called to? We've heard testimonies from just real people, regular people, just like the rest of us. And it's making those words plainer, more plain to me. For hereunto were ye called. And why? Because Christ also suffered for us. He did that so he could make our calling and election sure. It doesn't say that there, but it says it somewhere else. Leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. That's why we're here. We're, we're following in his steps. That's what led us here. Now he's asking us when we leave here to continue to take this back with us. And for me, and I believe I can say this for my wife, these testimonies. Now, we actually didn't know what any of these people were going to say, just so you know. Just a the only the only script we have here was just some basic questions, which we only asked a couple of those. But what they shared has been an encouragement to us. How about you? And... Uh, Zachary, what, what he shared really touched, touches our hearts as parents because it calls us higher. And, and I want to I encourage you that I know what it's like to, to face all the same temptations. We know what it's like to face all the same kinds of temptations. But one of the things I want to encourage us as parents, okay? When we leave this place, I want to encourage us to forget those things which are behind and press on for the prize and the high calling of Christ that is before us. Forgetting those things. We've talked to people here and one of the hardest things we all face is slipping back to the past. Being so encouraged in the present being so thankful for what changes husband and wife have made or what we've seen growing in our children, and then in a moment of weakness, letting the past just come into the mind and just wipe out all the good in a moment. We've seen it happen right here at this retreat. We understand how it happens. But we have a choice to live in the present To be thankful for the changes that God has made in our past and where he's leading us. And not revert back to, well, I'm going to think about the past. And every time I think about the past, it just puts me in the pits. Don't go there. It's our choice. To bring those thoughts into the captivity of Christ Jesus and to ask him to remind us when we start down that track, he will remind us, he will empower us, and we can move forward creating new patterns of thought, leaving only the positive past to reflect upon. I say this because this is one of the hardest things that we all face is in our thought life because our thoughts, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the face, everything speaks, verbal and nonverbal, out of the abundance of the heart. Let's not go to the past for the ugliness, but let us go to what God is doing today and take us forward. That's what we need to take home.
3: This media was brought to you by Audioverse